0: Hey guys, welcome to the Battle Ready Brands Podcast, the podcast that's fueling brands to endure. And this is a really special opportunity that we have here, Brad. We got uh, Evan Stewart here
1: that's right. uh, in the house.
2: <laughs> yes, we are so <laughs> excited. Right.
1: Live and in person. Yes. Yeah.
2: yeah, so Evan is with Obsessed Academy, has an amazing story, has helped lots of business owners. I'm just gonna read bio from your website because it's it's sure. done, done such a good job of crafting it here. <laughs> I don't want to screw it up. Yeah, of course. So so Evan Stewart is a master strategist, trainer, and expert closer with years of experience writing his book of business worth tens of millions and helping others do the same. So you're recognized as a leader in personal and professional development. Mm-hmm. You've leveraged your expert guidance to scale companies over 1000% to multiple seven and eight figures. Mm-hmm. It's a big deal. Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm. And, yeah, and
2: your personal mentorship has been coined the invaluable element that professionals can use to fortify their minds and attack their aspirations. Mm-hmm. Welcome, Evan Stewart, man. Awesome. Thanks for really having hey, me. All right. <laughs> yeah, guys, I'm so excited
1: to be here. You've got an amazing space. Uh, seriously, if you guys are watching this and, and you haven't actually visited Steadfast, I mean, you should at least come in, do business with these men, and, uh, and check out their space here, because it's pretty inspiring to see yeah. what you guys have been up to. So thank you very much That's for cool, having man. me. Absolutely. I mean, it's an honor to be
2: here. Yeah, thank mm-hmm. you. Yeah, good yeah. stuff. Yeah, so t- tell us a little bit about, I mean, we're all wearing the Obsessed shirt. If you guys That's are watching right. by video. All um, right. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 such a, such a cool, I think, frame of mind, but mm-hmm. what, what led you to, to obsess? Tell us about the story.
1: Yeah. Well, and, and I appreciate you asking, you know, it was more of a, it was never been the end goal to kind of land here, but it was more of where the multitude of our actions had, had ended up. And so I, inside just how I'm driven is I'm, I have a really high relational need and I could. I always had this gift to be able to identify and bring clarity to what other people found to be ambiguous. And I don't say that to be hmm. you know putting myself on a pedestal that just happens to be something that, that I, I have strength in. Um, part of that is because my mother was an English major and so growing up I was always learning how to re-articulate and refine my vernacular and things around more complicated you know verbal structures. But um, also it was just this really intense desire to help other people. And so one thing that I had learned though was even though I had that desire, you have to have some way to actually help another individual. Cause I can say, hey, you guys need to be better, but that doesn't really <laughs> do much for you. Mm-hmm. And so my, my other uh, obsession, so to speak, really was, was business. And I was able, to, I've, I've just kind of been able to Find ways to make money, you know, identify problems and, and then bring them into uh, a structure that can provide a solution. And I had really great mentorship growing up. My, my great uncle uh, was one of my first mentors in business. Uh, him and my father were both entrepreneurs. My great uncle was extremely successful. My father is also successful. And so um, I was explaining this story to a friend the other day when I was really young, like in elementary school. I think, it, I mean, it might have even been first grade. Uh, we would be playing cards at my great uncle's lake house down in the Lake Travis area, and um, he would be instead of telling me, "Oh, you know, let's talk about school or something like that," he would say, "You know, what problems are you having?" So we're playing cards. You know, what problems are you having in your life? Well, you know, it's like, "Oh, this girl didn't like me," or "Oh, this," or something <laughs> silly, right? And then he'd ask questions like, "Well, how many other people do you think have that problem?" And okay, so we start talking about. He say, "How many? You know, what?" if you could solve that problem for other people, what would make it worth it to you? So we'd start to talk about, oh, I'd want this amount of candy or this. But anyway, we start talking about these conversations of identifying problems, finding solutions, and then finding a way to be compensated for that. Ever since I was young, so my mindset had always been built in a way of how do we identify a problem and then find a solution and make sure that we're compensated for working in our giftedness and obedience. Mm. And growing up, that manifested itself into smaller businesses and then larger businesses and then larger businesses up to the one that I just exited before Obsessed Academy which was a real estate business which we're very proud to have grown that to be a a point of extreme significance in our market. And so, Mm. um, so how we got here was the connection of all these different things that I've wanted to do and I've been working towards Really, Obsessed Academy is that final manifestation of those goals, which is inspiring, impacting, and improving the lives of other people. But then I also believe that personal development goes out the window when bills come in the door. So how do we make sure that you can increase your profitability and scale without falling apart in the process? Because you can be the best you all day long, but if you go back to a relationship at home and you and your wife are fighting over the bills because you can't make rent that month um it's going to be really hard for you to be the best version of yourself. Yeah. So yeah. it's it's a really exciting process so far. Yeah.
0: And I think I think that's what it, it's really important what you said because as entrepreneurs, you know, we're 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 really passionate about things. We want to yeah. we want to start things and we kind of become like almost enchanted with the idea of just creating. Mm-hmm. And so for us and our interest here in the Battle Ready Brands podcast, we're always Trying to communicate a message of endurance, yes. right? So, for you, in you know, being an entrepreneur and what you've experienced thus far, what would you say have been some things that have allowed you to build a brand that has endured? Mm. Um,
1: and while still being able to pursue those things that you're passionate about, right? Absolutely. Yeah, so Absolutely. it's finding
0: that, that sweet spot between the two.
1: Well, the and that's a really great question as well because I think a lot of people, they, they go out and they try to create something, but it, it falls apart and then they're left wondering why. Exactly. And one of the biggest components is I built my businesses around market feedback, not what I wanted it to be. I mean, obviously it was, oh, I want the business to look like something, but the the, the structure was built around what I had heard were issues that I needed to solve, not what I was hoping that issues would exist that I could maybe one day solve. Yeah, Right. And so an example of that would be, uh, in my real estate business, when I was hiring people, I didn't Mm -hmm. just say, Oh, we need to do this, this, and this, and then attract people. I went out to the top agents in the market and would say things like what attracted you to your broker, what attracted you to where you are, what, what would just, I'm not trying to recruit recruit mm. you, but what would cause you to move? What would you need to see? How would you stay? What type of environment would foster such an excitement, inspiration, fascination, and motivation with your work and where you're working that you would bring other people to it? Because I want referrals and sustainability. Wow. And then I just answered those questions and built it into my model Hmm. and so the sustainability was because the market feedback was literally saying okay you interview let's call it 50 people well all those 50 people are gonna hit a certain amount of points now you've got six things that you need to implement immediately because those threads of consistency are found in the top people that you would want theoretically working for you anyway Hmm. how do you attract them answer the question I need this this and this Mm -hmm. to be able to even consider moving you get that across 50 people well those are the three things that you implement you know and if it's profitable that's sustainability (laughs) yeah <laughs> yeah, like it was just simple. It's just it's yeah. harder. It's a little more complicated in execution, but it's not rocket science. Yeah, yeah. I think we overcomplicate it sometimes, right? Yeah, we and, get excited. Like, right. yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, you want to test the market, just go out
0: there and ask. Yeah, <laughs> just don't you know? be
1: afraid to ask. Because the worst thing that can happen is you learn early on that what you're doing isn't right. But thank yeah. God, because. Yeah. As you both know from being in business, mm. mistakes get increasingly expensive. I mean, I remember when my yes. mistakes were thousands instead of hundreds of thousands, and uh, boy, do mm. I wish I could go back sometimes. You yeah, know, wait, did you say hundreds of thousands? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, we want yeah, to about those mistakes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you know, Jeff Bezos. One of my favorite quotes by him is that if you're if the size of your mistakes isn't growing, then you're not inventing in a way that can actually move the needle. Inventing fast enough in a way that can actually move the needle. Wow. And so, I mean, my first mistakes were you know hundreds, and then thousands, and then tens of thousands. Then the last year I screwed up, it cost me out of my own personal account, $400,000 almost. And, um, and that's okay though, because once is a mistake and twice is a decision, I'll make mistakes and I'll learn, Mm -hmm. but I, I refuse to consistently make bad decisions. And so did it suck? Yeah. But you know what? You lick your wounds, you get up and you get over it. And and that's just business.
3: (laughs) Yeah, yeah,
1: Yeah. 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 It is. Yeah. I mean, the inherent risks, you know, this as a business owner, Brad,
0: you know, of trying to build something and, Oops, (laughs) Oops, <laughs> like yeah. you said, but the first time you're going to make those mistakes. The second time, I love that you said that it's a decision, and to kind of couch the conversation. So, mm-hmm. season one uh, of our podcast is sure. startup horror stories. Oh right? gosh, here we yeah, go. Yeah, <laughs> this, this is what we've titled season one, just because we we like. I mean, who doesn't like a good horse? Oh yeah, that's right. We're well, almost Halloween. And, yeah. You know. <laughs> it's like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, We're it's couples, perfect. It's, it's perfect. Halloween week here. It's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. We got orange. I mean, it's. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. So can can you maybe unpack and be as vulnerable as sure. you want to be? Sure. Um, what what would be some of the mistakes that you encountered Ooh. in the in the early days? Maybe something embarrassing. Just make us laugh. Gosh, that's make good. us feel good. <laughs> that's really really good. Okay. Oh man. Oh god. Okay.
1: I've got I've got a couple actually. Um. So. <laughs> My, my first businesses, I didn't really have as many horror stories because it was on a smaller scale. But my first big screw up was in real estate when I was an agent uh, before I had built my, my, my group and my business and whatnot. It was one of my first deals. and <laughs> Those first so, ones are bad, aren't they? Yeah, it was <laughs> so bad. Well, see, what happened was is... is The agency world is wooed by this kind of sexiness, right? Like, oh, there's no ceiling and you can make us. Yeah, there's no floor either. And there's rarely education. And I happen to be in an environment that plopped me in day one. No experience. I sit down, they bring me in, no training, no anything. And they say like a stack of binders this tall. They said, here's everyone that's called into our company in the last five years. Call them back and see if they're still in the market. And so my third call, someone's like, oh yeah, I'm interested in buying a house. I go, okay. I couldn't even log into the MLS to find the price. And when I did, I didn't even know where to look on the sheet to find the price of the house they were interested in. I mean, that's how little experience I had. So (laughs) fast forward 90 days, I'm getting my, you know, I'm, I'm working it out. I've got all the education in the world. I know it, but little things come up. Um, see, here's the thing when you sell properties in suburbs is they start to look the same, right? And the market seven years ago was so rough that if you were buying a home in the like $250,000 price point, we would look after you contracted because it was so competitive that a property could go on the market at three and literally without exaggeration have 30 mm. offers by 6 p.m. And this was in what year? Uh, this was 2013-ish, 14-ish, okay. give or yeah. take 2013, kind of right around in there. Yep. Uh, so our market in the Dallas area was really hot, especially yep. at that price point. Mm. Um, and so I, uh, there were two properties that looked really similar. We contracted on one, but the house they actually wanted to buy was the very similar property next door and they were out of town and it was just that we looked at both of them long story short um the day before closing i find out oops we we contracted on the house that so they didn't they didn't want and so um you know it, it it was it was absolutely ridiculous because of course i was young and then i mean that's not a mistake that's like a p- massive, yeah. you know, massive <laughs> screw up. And, um, so my broker got involved and we were able to get him a great discount and do some remodeling and, and life was good. But, but just to have that. So they never got the, the other house. They bought that you, one. You I oopsed mean, them into the... yeah, we, we oopsed them into the problem and they ended up loving it. It was hilarious. But I just remember driving up to the house and the walkthrough and I'm like, that's not the house. And then they drive up. They're like, that's not, and I look at the address and I look at the house and look at the address, look at the house, oh, look at yeah. the address. And it was just like, click and that oh moment. my gosh. and so yeah, I mean, thank God I got better and, and you learn, right? but but that yeah. was that was one of the roughest first starts. you know a lot of my a lot of my horror stories really, I mean, to get into the meat of, of the rough ones, because that was kind of kind of funny, but uh, to get in the meat of the rough ones, really, the, the biggest horror stories that I've ever had in my career of just building businesses, the worst ones have always been through bad partnerships. And so just yes. as a point of practicality, something that I believe is really important is that you and the person that you're unioned with, and I say unioned very specifically, I'm, I'm careful with the words I use because it's a marriage. And if they don't share, I mean, just like you and a spouse, if they don't share your views or you have similar views or or, or, or Views in harmony on finances and how you spend your time and your personal development and your growth. I mean, you need to be so aligned, basically everything except physical alignment out outside of that, you know in this union I'm speaking of, if you're so aligned and all those other things, just like your marriage, that's when it actually works. And so mm-hmm. when I was younger, um, I, I had this limiting belief that I needed help. And I really didn't need help. I needed time to figure it out. But because of that, my number one core value now is speed, which means commit first, figure it out later. And that's always been a part of who I am. I always move super, super quickly, and I'll get past it. But part of moving quickly was let me align with people that can help me get to where I'm going to go, and I can help them. But it turns out that when people of a certain moral and ethical capacity see someone that's actually got a lot of potential, they really leech on that relationship until it's until it's run dry. Yep. And so, um, I mean, my first company, I had built it up to uh, – we were – 12 13 million or so within the first eight months and uh and just candidly without sounding arrogant that was done entirely on my shoulders i mean my business partner which i had three of that's the other mistake you only need one but um my (laughs) business partner at the time the main partner would come in at 11 and leave at three type of thing and i'm i'm there like five in the morning all the way until nine just trying to make it happen this was the real estate business this was the uh, yeah the first time that i tried it and i I failed and um one day in particular uh, they sat me down. We were about to do this big deal. Everyone was going to cash out. You know, at the time it was so much money, but it was like you know eighty thousand per or hundred thousand per or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, never really having one like that before, it was a big deal. And they sit me down a couple of days before we're supposed to go through, and they say, "Hey, we're firing you from your company. We're going to release you from the board. We need you to give back your stock, but if you sign a year or a multi-year commitment with us." Um, 60 40 or 70 30 or whatever uh, split in our favor on your commissions and we'll give you an opportunity to buy a franchise and we franchise your business model in a decade and um and so yeah so but but because i had also made the mistake of not having a voting power in my company because there were three of them that they were all together and there was one of me yep that was that so um i left that organization um a couple of days getting prepared to cash out and really take that first win and um after all of that work and all that company, um, after attorney's fees, I had nine wow. um, wow. and a half thousand dollars left. And and that was everything. I mean, I, I was still sleeping on a futon. I hadn't even bought furniture because I was pouring it all back into the company. And so that was wow. my first big loss. But that horror story taught me so much. And um, I really believe in, I believe in true vested relationships and partnerships. But I also believe in the power of trying to make things happen on your own. Because if you inside, you know, if you're listening to this and if you're watching this, if you have something inside of you that that's pushing you to do something greater, then try to win or fail on your own first before you start asking for help. And even then you can get advisors instead of partners and uh, and and that first mistake I mean that set yeah. us back you know Brittany my wife is sitting over there and, and uh, we were together at the time you know obviously not married but but she was my girlfriend at the time and that was a really hard time because when I failed I mean I, I really failed I mean I literally I got up I moved from a suburb of Dallas um, into the actual Dallas area I changed companies like I had to literally start over mm. with at the time you know after doing all that and starting another business, a couple thousand bucks to my name and I couldn't take any experience or any business or anything so I literally Two years into it, completely started over, and uh, and that was really hard. As hard as you a know? man, yeah, it was. You know? It was yeah. really hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a humbling moment. You know, my first time that I really had to sit down and break down in my faith and just say, "Okay, God, you brought me here. You need to get me out of it." Yeah, you know. And I see now the person that I was becoming in God's hand, redirecting where I was moving. I believe that everything in my life now is is. I mean, it's very clearly under His movement and under His direction. But mm-hmm. um, at the time, I mean, it was a pretty big moment. I just sat down. I remember they, they said all that, they left the room and I just started, I just fell on my face and started praying and I was like, okay, God, you know, if you're, if you're going to move me out of here, I know that it's for a purpose, but it was also that challenge of, I don't know anything other than this. So like candidly, you got to fix it, you yeah, know, yeah, you know, and, yeah. uh, and he did, you know, God yeah. is good.
0: And you, you said something really cool that just kind of struck a chord with me. I, I, I felt like the way you articulated it was very interesting how you said most of the time we don't need help. We mm-hmm. need time mm-hmm. to figure it out. Mm-hmm. And, um, in in an age where there's so much of a push for you say speed yeah. um, and hustle yeah. hashtag yeah hashtag hustle hashtag Let's hustle Let's yeah. harder. hustle hustle yeah. you know grind and all that stuff yeah how, how did you how did you learn to balance that seeking help and mentorship while also releasing yourself. And I think this is a really important mm-hmm. topic for a lot of young entrepreneurs that are watching this and you're interested in, you know, what you've got, you feel like it's the greatest, you know, invention business in the whole world. Like That's this right. is going to change the game, mm-hmm. right? But what I think is extremely important for them to hear mm-hmm. today mm-hmm. from you and mm-hmm. from us is that they need to give themselves time yes while pursuing you know relationships uh in a mentorship type structure is very mm-hmm. important don't sacrifice that but talk to us about how you learn to give yourself time to learn and not beat yourself up because mm. i don't know x y and z
1: and that's okay that's good i mean that's a that's a fantastic question and i love the fact that you brought that up because i believe it needs to be spoken to more yes um there are a couple of different components to that the first one is the term is grace and space you have to give yourself the grace when you screw up because screw ups will happen. But when you first yep. start, it's like, Oh, things are, but you know, you guys probably remember, right? You lose that first client all mm-hmm. of a sudden. It's like, what happened? You know, I need to keep all, cl-. not necessarily, <laughs> you know, you lose the first client. You, you have a month where you're not profitable or a year where you're not, you know, you have to give yourself grace to go through the ebbs and flows of a, entrepreneurial life I mean you really do we've all yeah. seen that graph it's like a day in the life of the entrepreneur and life is good and then terrible and then good and terrible and it's like 6 a.m. <laughs> to 6 p.m. right yeah. um, <laughs> but 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 that's true but you need to give yourself to go through that a, a grace to go through that and then the space to figure it out so a lot of people, whenever they encounter something that that starts to tighten them, I want to say tightening. I mean the emotional, the financial, the, the physical tightening mm-hmm. that literally happens biologically whenever you're encountering high stress. You just get tight. Mm-hmm. Give yourself space to release and the grace to understand that you're there for a reason and you can figure it out. But the second component of that is the understanding that you know, it's usually going to be three times as expensive and three times as long. So, oh, I'm going to do this in three years. You're probably going to do it in six, seven, eight, or nine years, mm. and it's probably going to cost you three times as much. And I didn't really understand that. That was a lesson that my father, and my great uncle taught me. I thought, ah, yeah, you know, speed. I'll get, yeah, no. It took me. <laughs> um, but, but, what? So, my third principle now, my third core value is uh, unity, and what that means is collaborate without ego. And the big takeaway from mm. that uh, from that question is you've got to drop the ego. See. For me personally, my identity isn't grounded in other people's perceptions of my actions. My identity is grounded in my savior. And then second of all, my identity is grounded in my ability to make things happen, right? So because of that, you know, respectfully, I don't care what you guys think about me. I don't care what other people think about me. I don't have an ego attached to another person's perception of my actions, Mm. which means that you can ask for help when you have nothing to prove and when you're okay with being vulnerable. Because as you both understand, I know that we run in a lot of similar circles, we've got a lot of friends that are very high up. Something that's really hard to understand until you're there is that the people that have actually won, and I'm not talking about the guy that can finally buy the Porsche, I'm talking about the ones that can literally buy and sell anything they want. The people that have actually won won't deal with you if you're faking where they actually reward vulnerability because they remember what it was like to have crappy mm. office furniture in an 80 square foot office because they remember what it was like and they can see something in you and they want to give back. Mm. But when you're trying to puff up your chest, I mean, they can smell that crap a mile away because we all know the people that rent the lifestyle and the people that actually have it, you can never fake truly having it. You mm. just can't, mm-hmm. there's just, you've got too much essence about you from going through you know, that, that, that war, right? battle ready yep. brands. Um, and so that principle of collaborate without ego is huge because I had an ego when I got started. You know, the story that I've told a couple of times was I made my first big check, you know, a couple thousand bucks or something ridiculous. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, and I spent 600 of it and I bought a Louis Vuitton wallet that would stick out a little bit on my back pocket so I could like flex. And I'm going,
3: you yeah. yeah, it's kind of like yeah. Matt's. Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah, I'll just put it away. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and, uh, and,
1: and, uh, but I specifically bought it so that way people would know that I could like have a Louis yep. Vuitton wallet. And um, I was faking this lifestyle and and nobody cared and that ego was getting in the way of my progress and it wasn't until you know first of all I was I was broken down from that first company and really humbled that I could look at my life and say okay Um, I started reaching out for help I started asking and I noticed that when I lost the ego I could fall back into the speed of movement you see it took me seven, seven and a half years to get to a point now where we can actually talk about experience and it be relevant to people. Mm. Um, I've been in transition for four years. So I knew four years ago, there was a, something that was put on my heart that I was going to be moved out of real estate. It was a terrifying day. I remember the day I was sitting on the floor of my, my apartment at the time, um, and I just really felt that I was going to be moved out of real estate. Um, that was all I knew. So I was preparing real estate became the means to an end for four years. And that was four years of diligence. And so the other component is that when you talk about that time, mm-hmm. the lesson of the time was also just the patience for God's hand to move as well. You know, because mm-hmm. if there's a calling on my heart that I will be moved into a new position and there's no timeline on that, that means that you need to put your head down, you need to work and be diligent and patient and understand that that timing will be the right time. And so that's not for everybody, you know, not to go too far down that rabbit hole from a, from a faith standpoint, because I know you have all types of different listeners and whatnot. Um, and and of course I respect everyone's beliefs, but for me in particular, those components really allowed me to to just kind of relax and operate as I could in the capacity in which I was, I was given. Mm -hmm. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. And, and I mean, we're all people of faith here, so that's, Mm -hmm. that's totally okay. And I do want to dive a little bit deeper because I think it's important. Um, and of course, we're here with, with Billy and his team, Kingdom Content, that, That's are, right. that are filming this right now. So we understand and appreciate and value the importance of the faith journey. Mm-hmm. Um, and the thing about the wandering season mm-hmm. is that it's, it's exhausting. And, yeah. and I've experienced that as well, I know I'm sure Brad has too, and, and, yeah. and just that that period of we just want finality, right? We want to know that the path that we're headed on is the right path. It's going to mm-hmm. take us to a destination that maybe we like. Mm-hmm. And can enjoy, Mm -hmm. but can you maybe unpack that a little bit more where Mm. we're talking about that wandering season, Mm. um, what was going on internally that allowed you to be patient um, through that four year period? And what's interesting, and I'm going to kind of frame it this way, uh, on one of our previous episodes, we we had Craig Hall.
1: Okay. On our podcast. Okay. okay. Yeah.
0: Billionaire over in Dallas. Yep. He's been an entrepreneur for 50 years. Yep. Um, he's built some incredible brands and uh, was just just so rich with wisdom. Mm-hmm. But the patience that it took for him to, to go through. I mean, he had nights, you remember he shared like, there was like a seven year period mm-hmm. where he had two to three hours of sleep per night mm-hmm. and he woke up in cold sweats yeah, like every single night yeah. and had 500 lawsuits against yeah. him at one time. I mean, me, me and Brad were here yeah, he's talking to us and we're just like, Oh my goodness. <laughs> like I can't yeah. even imagine yeah. what yeah. that would be like. The pressure that's under that. yeah, And there, there's, there's something that Makes pressure manageable when you feel like you're in control. But when you're not <laughs> in control and you know it, yes. there's that that tendency to want to appear like it, I'm in control. And mm-hmm. you're only fooling yourself. well, I mean you're fooling other people, but you're only fooling yourself and you're not fooling God. Right, right. right, you're, right. Not, you're not fooling anybody, yeah. we'll say you're not fooling anybody. But in that patient wandering season, mm. like what were some things that allowed you to stay fixated? Did you see the destination that you were headed? Mm. Maybe was there something somebody said? Maybe was there just that faith compass that Mm. guided you through that time. And I say that because I know the entrepreneurial journey, there's guys listening to this right now and ladies too, um, who are just maybe in a time of wandering and they want to know how to make it out and Mm -hmm. what do I do with this time? And I'm frustrated Mm -hmm. and I just want to build, you know, what I'm building. I want to get out. Mm. Um, Speak, speak into that because I think it's really important that they understand this is an intentional time for them.
1: It, it is, um, and and again, yeah, I mean, you're going really deep. I love that because no one's really asked me that before. Um, First of all, it's having people in your life that can help keep you accountable. So Billy behind the camera right there is my man that helps keep me accountable right there. Shout out to Billy. Boom. <laughs> um and, and what I mean by accountability is we have a human nature and we have a spiritual nature. Yep. And the spiritual nature is fundamentally to be walking in alignment with whatever that giftedness and purpose is, along obedience in the same direction within alignment to your walk with Christ. Yep. But the human nature is like, Oh my god, I gotta do it right now, like oh you know, and yeah, yeah. And, and, and and it's 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 stress and it's emotional and um so whatever that faith is and you use the word faith which is an incredibly important word because there's so yeah. much weight attached to faith because faith is an internal knowing that it will happen it's just an you don't the knowingness that it will happen in accordance to that plan does yes. not mean that you have to know how yeah. or when
0: like a future i like to say it this way and i'm sorry well mm-hmm. a future destination mm-hmm. a, a present understanding a present belief of a future destination exactly right? in the present i believe it though in the future I know it's going to happen even though I don't understand it.
1: Exactly. And so, um, but, but the short answer is, is just faith. And one thing that I want to make clear is I'm in that season right now Mm. because halfway through this year, God told me to stop taking deals on real estate. I heard it loud and clear because my getting, you know, transparent here, my spiritual fault is uh, the three, of course, which I, I think some of us share is, um, uh, uh, financial ego and patience Mm -hmm. and when I say ego it's not a oh I think I'm the greatest thing since sliced bread it's I did this versus God gave me an opportunity to be here and that a spiritual ego is is hard and so halfway through this year I heard um, really I mean God spoke to me and he said stop taking real estate He said I need you to rely on me and not on that those deals and Mm -hmm. even without exaggeration in the last three weeks alone i've given away what would have been roughly a million dollars of additional income within the next twelve months, just in the last couple of weeks alone wow. um, and uh, and and we've cut back to where obsessed academy is all that we have supporting us, this obsessed academy and faith yeah. so yeah. it was faith but to be transparent it's not this like strong you know oh we're i mean it literally is faith also is a vulnerability in in weakness and that weakness becomes a strength because you rely on a greater source than your own see mm-hmm. it's it's i have an unbelievable mental resiliency i have a lot of 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 grit and passion and i can make things happen but internally like there's a lot of there's still doubt there's still weakness there's still i mean you walk away from a multi seven figure income into an unknown, the only thing you have to rely on is faith. And so for me it was my life was put into a position where the only option I had was to say, A, God did this, not I did this, so I could turn back to him. And B, the only thing moving forward is an un just a, a, a intense desire and knowing that he's gonna see it through. Mm. Because if God needed me to be here for a reason, then he's gonna lead me to where he needs me to go. Mm. I don't know what that looks like, but it's releasing myself from everything except that so that way I can completely move in the direction that he needs. And for me, I had to be released from real estate before I could be here. Mm-hmm. Um, and so um, yep. you know, that it, it's, it's important. I think um, mm-hmm. one, of my, one of my built a relationship with Tim Story, I don't know if you know Tim Story, um, but uh, uh, he's an amazing man. He's a, a pastor, he has a church out in California. And one thing he talks about is working your land. And I think that's a really important principle. Mm. Um, you know, going back to obsession, the obsession component of that is that obsession is first an, an emotion, then it's a mindset, and then it's a discipline. Mm. The emotion is a stage of revelation. So it's says, I know something needs to change, right? Four years ago, there was a calling on my heart that I was gonna be moved, revelation. Uh, then the emotion, the E motion, emotion is a key word, moving mm. with emotion into the mindset. And the mindset is a stage of preparation. And the stage of preparation is important because that can last decades. So the stage of preparation, an example would be, uh, there's a calling on your heart. You know you need to be doing something greater, right? I need to go into the music world and need to impact people with my gift. Okay. Yep. But yep. you're working at 7-Eleven because you've got to pay the bills. Yep. So the example that I've used is, well, now, while you're in that stage of preparation, you're preparing your mind, your body, and your spirit to move into that giftedness and the abundance of whatever that next life looks like, theoretically. Mm-hmm. Um, so now that time at 7-Eleven is not, ah, man, I'm stressed. And I'm, no, no, it's now I have an opportunity to make thousands of 30 second to one minute impressions with people that have no relevance on my life, theoretically, as far as impacting my life. So you Mm. master the craft of making immediate impressions. So when you're finally moved into a situation where you have the person you need to meet and you only have a minute and a half in a crowded club and it's the guy that can make your life blow up, you've actually mastered the uh, the craft of impressions. So Mm. through that stage of preparation, you're able to actually sit down, speak with that individual, leave a lasting impression and create a relationship and you hadn't had that experience if you hadn't been there working that desk meeting thousands of people over a, a, a standard working day. Yep. So it's first in the emotion revelation, it's second a mindset which is the stage of preparation and it's third a discipline which is the stage of cultivation. So the discipline is a continual of I'm gonna be working, working, working and reaping, reaping, reaping and working and pouring back and reaping and pouring back and reaping. And that's the cycle of what I call healthy obsession, emotion, mindset, discipline. Then you have another revelation, right? So. My first revelation, moving into real estate, my second revelation, now we're here at Obsessed Academy, eventually we'll have a third, and a fourth, and a fifth. And that cycle eventually produces obsession overflow, which is that abundance. Mm-hmm. So as a final conclusion to that statement, I know I, I kind of rambled a little bit, but as a final conclusion to that question, that cycle of healthy obsession is important because when you recognize where you're at in this cycle of obsession, mm-hmm. it goes back to grace and space. I know that I'm in a season of preparation. Yep. I'm not supposed to be here yet because I'm still preparing. Mm -hmm. So I'm not where I want to be. Thank God I'm not where I used to to be, but I know that I'm not actually supposed to be there yet. Mm -hmm. So I have the grace and the space to be comfortable with where I'm at and continue to work my land. That's cool. Yeah.
0: That's good. One one book that I'm I'm reading right now, and I'm trying to get Brad to read. It. I don't know if he's picked it up yet. It's called Outliers mm. by, by Malcolm Gladwell. Outliers is good. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. good. And it kind of uh, the the premise of the book kind of goes along with what you're saying. Mm-hmm. You know, the ten thousand hours, right? Mm-hmm. And I love how he broke down like each person who became like an iconic brand or an mm-hmm. iconic wildly successful person. There was a season that unknowingly to them. Um, was that time of preparation that really set them up for massive success, right mm-hmm. person, right place, right mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. I mean, even Bill Gates, um, every, even hockey players. Mm-hmm. I mean, Malcolm just breaks it down. If you haven't read the book, go get Outliers. It's great. It's good, yeah. Yeah, but, but um, it, it's really important to understand that because in, in those seasons, um, and the people that are listening and you're, say, in a season of wandering, um, it is a really important preparation time because all it takes mm-hmm. is one, yeah. one person to come into into your life to just change things mm-hmm. forever. And the question, right, opportunity, are you ready for it? Mm-hmm. And if we're not intentional about the season of growth, and you know, if, if you're throwing a fit, you're like, I don't wanna be here right now, mm-hmm. uh, I wish it was just like, you know, enjoyable. And, sure. Sure. And I'm, you know, I'm like prancing, you know, money's raining from the sky. Yeah. I'm just like, you know, cash. Like I'm on the beach, you know, la- laptop, laptop lifestyle. That's, you know? right, that's but, right. But if, if, yeah, I mean, those people that are out there, laptop lifestyle, I, I think they're going to miss out. Like yeah. you're, you're going to miss it. Cause you're not going to be ready yeah. for that, that moment. Uh, like Malcolm says in outliers where, you know, it's, 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 it's intentional. It's purposeful. It's, it's heading towards mm-hmm. a very special time for you. So, mm-hmm. so that's good. Mm-hmm. I appreciate. That, man. Thanks yeah, for breaking course. that down and, yeah, sure. and just kind of encouraging people. Yeah. So I'm talking too much. I'm going to let Brad ask some questions. No, no, no you get.
2: I'm, I'm, I'm sitting back and enjoying this. I mean, this is, this is fascinating. So, you know, with, with some, some of the entrepreneurs listening, like mm-hmm. what are some practical things if they're mm-hmm. not used to just living in that, um, span of discipline and mm-hmm. patience mm-hmm. and, and farming and tending to their land, mm-hmm. what are some things that they could start doing today to start trying to prepare themselves or, or even like know that they are in in that space now.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's also a good question because I think, the, you know, we, we're speaking a little bit idealistically here and conceptually, but in all practicality, that's where most people live. Most people, yeah. when they find podcasts like yours, are searching for that continual self-development and growth and exactly. professional development. So I love yeah. the fact that you brought that tangibility back into the conversation. Um, the first one is, as you both can probably attest to, is the importance of relationships. Is that regardless of your season, you have to put a really strong, strong weight on relationships. Yep. So some things that I did to help build relationships, um, A, I didn't ask for a sale right out of the gate. I tried to find an opportunity to bring value. So my thought process is, is that I need your life to be drastically better because I've entered it, right? A mm. transaction is a byproduct of a mutually vested relationship, not the goal of the relationship. And so if you can walk away literally living a better life because you interacted with me or my company, mm. then at some point that that relationship will deepen through a transaction. And those transactions are usually uh, shorter sales cycles. They're usually a higher price point, And they're usually with people that can become advocates instead of just regular customers. Mm-hmm. Um, but that also means that in all practical sense, you have to be sacrificing some of the income on the short term. And so if you're listening to this and you're building a book of business, I would just start meeting people and building relationships and legitimately just stop thinking about business and start thinking about not 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 friendships but relationship because there's more depth to it than that Um, some things that I did when I was young was I uh, I sent handwritten notes I memorized everybody's name right how to win friends and influence people you must know people's names Mm -hmm. so I went into a suit shop one time I remember when I bought my first suit because I was selling real estate at the time and the person that helped me out was a very nice man and uh, I sent him a handwritten note and um, when I went back in again well he Knew who I was. That's all fine and good. Well, then I sent him another handwritten note. And I happened through passing conversation. This is a great tactic. You start talking about things like, oh, you know, what brought you here? You know, what's going on? He said, oh, you know, my birthday is coming up. You know, I'm I'm celebrating with family, not going to be in this weekend. So you have to come in on Monday. Oh, great. Yeah, when's your birthday? Oh, it's Saturday. Boom. Now it's in the calendar. You know, August 13th is this person's birthday. So then send him a birthday. Little things like that. Well, wouldn't you find out that he ended up referring me to his friends? He ended up transacting. He ended up it, that became, I mean, from a transactional standpoint, yeah. in the, within the next probably three years, I mean, I, I probably got seven or eight deals just out of that relationship because he had kind of laughed. He said, you're one of the first real estate agents to come in here and actually not even talk about selling properties, wow. you know? And so this concept of if you're in a position of expertise in something, if you can be known as the go-to person for all things surrounding that one thing, then you'll mm. definitely be thought of for that one thing. Mm. So the relationships were key. Absolutely key, and I'm talking about not trying to level up. Like you're not going to go and hit up Gary Vaynerchuk. This is not how it works. But but you can start working your way up. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, you could, you could. I mean, <laughs> Gary, I just want to make your life better. Yeah, Come on, yeah. man. Just let me give you. Yeah, enough, and he's going to be like, not. all right, done like my by, ebook. T- buy ten cases of empathy wine, and then maybe we'll talk. There you go. Um, <laughs> but uh, uh, but done. but what I mean is, in the practical standpoint, especially if you're a young entrepreneur, just start grace, space, and vulnerability to saying, hey, look, I'm I'm building yeah. this, um, but I just want to get to know you. If there are People that are just a little bit better. So you don't have to go to the top, 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 but there are people in your market that are totally approachable, that are are earning lots of money, that are have built great companies. And so um, I'm always kind of careful about this tactic, but I was a little bit relentless when I was younger, wanting to know people. And so one thing that I did was I looked up on the tax records, some of the wealthiest zip codes, and I found people that lived in the biggest houses, and I found the companies they were at, and I just started finding, because you don't know those people in your market, yeah. right? And we know from working with brands like that, There are, for every one person that's in the media, there's 10, 15, 20 other people that are just as wealthy and just as skilled that no one's ever heard of, Mm -hmm. that have no Facebook page, and you just find them because they're on some article somewhere on some company website. Mm -hmm. And so the relationships Mm -hmm. were one of the biggest things that catapulted growth, and then just keeping your head down and working and being patient. I mean, you have to perfect that one thing, right? I call it a platform of validity. Before you start speaking to the fact that you're an expert, you have to prove that you're an expert. Mm -hmm. So nobody believed that I could sell property until I had a book of business that preceded my reputation before I walked. In the door, and now when I come into the pro- you know the property, oh okay, well I've seen you here, 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 and here, and here. Um, but it's the years of diligence of working in that expertise and perfecting that craft, so you can have the audacity to say, "Hey, I'm at the, the best at what I do," and they know that you're the best because you have the experience to back it up.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, boom.
3: Yeah, that's good. <laughs> that's really good.
0: <laughs> good stuff, man. So I know uh, we've been talking a long time here, but uh, mm-hmm. you got you got something pretty exciting coming up, right? The uh, obsessed conference yeah, yeah. About that'll,
1: that'll be uh that'll be next year mm-hmm. um it's it's not quite announced yet so depending on when this releases you can go to obsessedconference.com and check it out but uh did i leak yeah. it
0: was i supposed to say that no no you're you're fine okay. it's just All not right. we heard <laughs> here first
1: yeah <laughs> heard here first press. um but but seriously the, the the conference is just an absolutely insane we're, we're uh, actually we've got our final walkthrough of uh the venue tomorrow so Uh, it's going to be sick i cannot wait to actually announce it but the obsessed conference was certified around or built around uh, that's the wrong word built around this concept of build a life you can be obsessed about that's what we do right yeah um and again personal development goes out the window when bills come in the door so it's broken into two different areas it's it's how do we earn how do we grow how do we scale without losing your processes and you know in process so mm-hmm. without things falling apart mm-hmm. uh, but then also what does it actually mean to, to build a better version of yourself like what are the actual systems that you can implement into your life to ensure significance and stability in your personal development journey mm-hmm. so how do you continue to engage with the right people and the right content and we started this conference um it's not a pay-to-play speakers can't pay me to get on stage it's not a a it's completely under our hand because the entire goal is that you again walk away transformed because you were there at the excuse me there at the event so yep. um the speakers that we have coming up the the people that we're working with the experience truly is unmatched to anything that you've gone to you know a lot of people oh I do the grant cardone 10x and i've got this real estate event and all that it's it's nothing like that because mm-hmm. the entire intention is is walking away with such an intense tangibility that you literally can live a better life the only reason you wouldn't live a better life as far as entering that event engaging with the content and then leaving us because you didn't apply it mm. and that's really the goal and so it's going to be an amazing transformative experience it's going to be in Dallas October 2nd and 3rd in 2020 awesome. uh, specifics will be announced here in the next couple of weeks but uh, they can go to obsessconference.com and check that's it weird. out that's yeah. great, cool.
0: I'm really, we're really excited. It's going to be yeah. sick. Yeah. yeah, we'll
1: talk a little bit off mic. I, we'll get you guys up <laughs> there. Yeah, yeah. 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 You, you can meet Fast guys. guys too, battle ready brands, and, uh, <laughs> and get your one day web build. So, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Good. Well, you guys are actually building the obsessed conference, uh, obsessed conference final. So yeah, straight yeah. plug. Yep. I mean, I, I trust these guys so much. The reason that that we engaged, of course, was through mutual friends and a strong relationship. But uh, but I mean, we're trusting you with our our brand, and it's yeah. our baby. So yeah. um, that mm-hmm. speaks volumes about you. you can put you can your cue card work. down now. Thanks. Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And and, and I've got to say something too, you
2: know, when you talk about that, that one relationship that Mm -hmm. can change the trajectory and and change the course, Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, even for, for me personally, Mm -hmm. you know, that was with, with judge Mm -hmm. and seeing that like play out, like, you know, that was like eight years in the making. Like I, you know, I was at another agency and Mm -hmm. he took interest in me Mm -hmm. and, you know, walked me through that process. Mm -hmm. Um, But I loved hearing you talk about that because I've seen that in my own life personally Yeah and 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 reaping the fruits from that mm-hmm. but it was you know years in the making yeah you know it was years of being patient and working with him and just saying yes and yes. serving and there there was honestly no transactions between me and judge mm-hmm. until maybe even this year yeah everything was value of yep. you know hey Brad and team hook us up with this, do this for us. Yep. And I always said yes. And the reason I'm saying this isn't, isn't to highlight myself, mm-hmm. but the truth in that is when you can be the, the yes person and serve, mm-hmm. and it's that whole idea of servant leadership adding value first mm-hmm. and just continue to serve the right people, mm-hmm. I mean, those fruits absolutely come.
1: They come. Well, And, and to, as a final wrap on that one point, I, the other component of that was keeping your head down and working because How would have the relationship been impacted negatively if you had just built relationships and not actually built a business? So when it's finally time to transact, you fail. Mm. See? So that's the other important piece of that is you've got to master the one thing that you do and do it just so well that, I mean, Judge talks about having a niche, right? Do that one thing so well that when that time comes to transact, because the relationship will come to a point of transaction. It has to, unless you're just fundamentally misaligned in what their life needs and how you whatever you provide. Right. I'm never going to need his example. I'm never going to need horse insurance. Right. But, um, well, never say never. I don't know. I might have a daughter that wants a pony, but but, um, <laughs> but, 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 but ex- you become an expert on that one thing. So when it does come to a point of transaction, you show, okay, I have quality in my relationships and I have quality in my work. So what happened after that, right, is they come back again and again and again, and they refer. And all of a sudden now you've taken that next step of depth because now they see that both sides of you are aligned in quality, and that's yeah. an important distinction. Yeah, that's good.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: So, so knowing what you know now and going through some of the seasons that you've gone mm-hmm. through, mm-hmm. Um, and this is kind of a common question we like to ask, but it's always a really interesting sure. one. Sure, If if you could go back to yourself when you hit that rock bottom, when you were on the ground, mm-hmm. um, you know, praying to God after after your those three other partners made that mm-hmm. decision, mm-hmm. is there anything that you would you would tell yourself? being what you've been through now, what, what would you? What advice would you give yourself today?
1: Mm, that's a good question. Um, I would drop the ego faster because it took me really being broken down um, twice, one, more like 1.5 times, but, but two really big seasons of my life of being down to truly just completely drop that. I would drop the ego faster. Y- you can't prove anything to anybody when you're making $60,000 a year. You just can't, you just can't. So just forget about it. Pour all that money back into the business. Um, so the first is I would drop the ego. The second, I was I would continue investing with speed back into the company. Like I, I was joking with a friend, beginning of this year, you know, when I hadn't completely been told to stop, um, like I was looking at, you know, nice cars, like, oh, we're going to get a Porsche, we're going to do all this fun stuff. <laughs> and uh, and and I was told to wait. And, and we're, we've been able to move so quickly with Obsessed Academy this year and grow. I mean, we're going to end this year with where I thought we would be in three years because all of that income is being poured back. So I would totally stop buying crap and just pour back into the business and then the third is be confident and convicted in myself and my ability to fail or win on my own before i accepted help and then when i accept help make sure that that like you have to date your business partner make sure that that relationship is one that i could truly be married to for decades um, because, you know, divorce is sticky, but divorce in business is really rough, mm-hmm. really rough. Because a divorce at the household affects everything, but divorce in business affects so, so much more. Because now you've got customers, now you've got other relationships. And, uh, I mean, theoretically, I mean, neither is good. But uh, mm-hmm. but going through two really bad business divorces um, really taught me that lesson the hard way. Wow. So yeah. that,
2: yeah, that would be it. Wow, that's yeah. interesting. Yeah. I've, I've never heard it explained that way, too, before. That's that's neat to see, or to hear, I guess, mm-hmm. that. The ramifications of how how big of a deal that is. That's right. So I, th- I think <laughs> yeah. people tend to jump in really fast. When I mean, we go into the speed thing, you know, mm-hmm. it it feels right, right? Yeah. It's that emotion, yeah. And it everything feels aligned, jump forward fast. Mm-hmm. And sometimes there's that ready fire aim, yeah. <laughs> but with a with a business partner, it sounds like you you can't do that ready fire aim. I, I don't I
1: don't believe in it. I mean, it might work out for some people, and if so, you know, great. But. Um, I believe in the significance in the relationships over decades, right? Divorce is not in my vernacular, at least at home. I mean, it has to be sometimes in business, but but that ready, fire, aim mentality is, you know, every relationship feels good, for the most part, unless they're just complete jerks, right? Every relationship feels good starting out, and it's not until you get into the depth of it. So you want to explore, like, what happens when you're under stress? What happens when you lose big deals, right? Mm -hmm. How would they act? You know how do they treat the people around them I mean you really need to explore that because like for example one of the business partner the second business partner relationship I was in you know she turned out to be extremely narcissistic very egotistical I didn't see that at the beginning because I was too excited about the opportunity and and then it wasn't until we brought in some of our first employees I'm like man she treats me like crap like like legitimately mm-hmm. and um, but now being out of that, looking back, I could see traces of that, I just chose not to see it. So you wanna be open, right? plan for the best, or excuse me, plan for the worst, hope for the best, and really be open to finding out how they operate and taking that time, again, grace and space, to explore yeah. the people around
2: you. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. good. Yeah. Cool. We, need to, we need to do our battle rounds. We need to do uh... our battle rounds. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, it's true, Yeah. So, so we have a fun thing we do at the end of every episode, Okay. and we, we put two brands together, and okay. you've gotta quickly tell us Which brand you favor? Okay, and why?
3: All right, all right. (laughs) I like it. uh,
2: You are from Texas, yes? At born and raised in Dallas. Oh, this is going to be fun. Yeah. You have to take out all your Canadian references, then. Sorry. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Tim
0: Hortons or Swiss Chalet? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know Uh, what that is. (laughs) Hard
2: pass.
0: (laughs) All right. Cool. All right. So round one, uh, because you can't be a Texan and not like Mexican food. Oh yeah. So is it Chewy's or Glorias? Glorias. Really? Why? Because yeah, I've had
1: terrible customer
0: service at Chewy's. Oh, well, there you hey, go. I'm sorry, yeah. Chewy's. We're calling you out. Yeah,
2: yeah, Chewy's managers, if you're listening, take note here. Yeah, That's if right. you're listening, you yeah. need to listen to our podcasts a lot That's more. true. That's yeah. true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Your, your, your cool shirts aren't going to get you all the way to the all That's the true, way but i talk. got
1: some Obsessed shirts, so you want know, will throw them out. Yeah, there you go. We're in the restaurant.
0: Yeah, yeah. you get a discount to his uh, Obsessed Academy. You That's right. It. That's right. We'll talk. Uh, all right, round two, uh,
1: Whole Foods or Trader Joe's? Ooh. Um, I like the experience of Whole Foods, but the practicality of Trader Joe's. So yes. if it was just yeah. a regular day, it would be it would be Trader Joe's. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah, that's cool. And uh, yeah, we do this battle ready brands. So these are iconic brands, mm-hmm. and it does make sense because I mean both they, they appeal to different people. Whole yeah. Foods and, yeah, and Trader Joe's. You know, I'm gonna go to Trader Joe's and get a three dollar lunch and enjoy it. Yeah. Uh, or if you are feeling rich and closing deals, go to Whole Foods and get the same lunch for thirty. That's right. That's yeah, exactly. Yeah, or, or a three dollar orange. orange. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Okay, so round three. Uh, since since you are a media guy okay uh is it is it iphone uh and, I, and I, is it iphone or apple uh is it the ipod ipad let me rephrase that
1: is it the iphone or is it the ipad as far as which one i prefer yes oh iphone all day iPhone. long yeah do you like the spider eyes on the new iPhone? We call it Spider-Eyes. I think it's fine, yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm not blown away by it, you know. Maybe next year when they have the no-beveled screen, we'll talk. But, oh. um, you know, I mean, it's I'm cool. It works, yeah. you know. Sounds
2: like we got some Mac rumors over here.
0: Yeah. I know, I know, I know. Yeah, that's true, that's true. I, I like the
1: ease of use and how it syncs with everything. So it, it
2: works for yeah, me, yeah. yeah,
0: I, yeah sometimes yeah. I say Android or iPhone, but I already knew that you were an iPhone guy, yeah. so I just kind of spoiled the question, Yeah, Sorry. yeah th- this is, this I'm, is I'm our- I'm the only one.
2: This is our first um, in-person podcast we've done, so- Oh, sick. Like, all right, cool. It's time out, but thanks, first time for, everything. for being here. This yeah. is great. <laughs> we're not looking at you on a screen
0: over here, so Yeah, this nice. is great. This okay, is great. so round number four, okay. assuming you like a good burger, yes? Yeah. Heck yeah, all right. So is it Whataburger or in and out what a burger.
1: Come on. Yeah, no, Whoa. no question. Is no it Whataburger
0: or Whataburger? Doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: It didn't,
2: it didn't finish. <laughs> yeah,
1: see, I, I respect the fact that people like In-N-Out, but I think that In-N-Out is a great platform because it makes me envious of people eating a good burger. So I'll go to Whataburger, and then. No, I'm just kidding. No, I, I'm a little bit, I'm a little salty there because I've got Prince from California. But man, you just can't get over that spicy ketchup. It's good stuff. Beats so salty. Yeah. Can <laughs> that for lunch now? Yeah, I know. Right? I am Like this sounds good. Now
0: I would have said Five Guys. Yeah, I, I'm a Five uh, Guys guy.
1: I'm fine with Five Guys. Yeah. Okay. Cool. But it's still i mean waterburger is is pretty good canadian yeah. i obviously don't there's something you're, i'm missing on this one that's true that's true Well, it has been a staple <laughs> in texas forever so and you say waterburger or waterburger so it's what a burger in fact yes. the commercials used to go what a burger because everyone called it waterburger water And waterburger sounds like vomit to it me does. it does I don't know it just, yeah that sounds atrocious Yeah. That's gross. so it's burger soup like, yeah, yeah what, what exactly so my english major mother it was what a burger growing up not yes. waterburger so yeah that's <laughs> good
0: Get it right. All right. So uh, round five, and this is, this is always interesting. Uh, you like Chick-fil-A, yes? Sure, yeah. Okay, all right. So is it the Chick-fil-A sauce or the Polynesian?
3: Mm,
2: probably Chick-fil-A sauce. Okay. Yeah,
1: Just go classic. Yeah? Yeah, I'm a little vanilla on that, but, you know, sorry.
2: <laughs> he's, he's still thinking about the spicy ketchup from Whataburger. Spicy <laughs> ketchup's still likes yeah, Chick-fil-A sauce, though. I mean,
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> oh, funny. Uh, round six, Taco King's. Torchies or Taco Cabana? Velvet Taco. Neither. Whoa! Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. You pulled out the punch. It's, it's true. I it's was right thinking hook. that. I was yeah. Thinking. I'm glad yeah. you said that.
1: So Velvet Taco. I don't know if they're elsewhere other than Dallas, but it's amazing.
0: It,
2: it is. <laughs> it is so good. It so is. I, I, the I only would. One that hasn't been there. You haven't been there? Been right, there. We'll, we'll fix that. Yeah. And we'll past we that. Yeah.
0: It's cool. really good. Yeah,
2: yeah. Velvet Taco's legit. It's
0: legit. All right. Uh, I'm gonna let you ask number seven. Go ahead. Round
2: seven. Oh yeah, energy drink favorite. I don't know if you drink energy drinks or not. Mm-hmm.
1: Not
0: so much anymore. Not but so I much
2: anymore, okay. Yep. okay. And there's some there's some better options out there now, but I these are the references. two Yeah, it's, yeah. True. So, it's true. So Red Bull or Monster?
1: I would do Red Bull if I was just wanting an energy drink, and for whatever reason, the Red Monster Assault that you can only find at random quick trips, I would have every once in a while because it reminds me of my childhood because I used to drink those things like candy. Oh, so really? So, yeah. But if it was just like, hey, I want to pick me up, I'd grab a Red Bull, um, but if for whatever reason I was feeling you know feeling a little funky yeah feeling a little, feeling a little somber and emotional like yeah yeah like, uh, back with
2: my childhood? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah
1: so uh but but and every day probably
2: be Red Bull yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and what was that one called the assault the so
1: it's the red monster assault can
3: yeah so is it I can see it, it now yeah so it so has got yeah. the camo just, and like the yes, red and, so yeah. it's yeah. monster but it's the red monster it's the
1: red monster specifically the assault because the regular red monster isn't it it's not the Red Bull
2: monster which would be confusing that would be confusing it's the red monster yeah
0: yeah that's true alright number eight (laughs) Okay. Uh, Yeah, we already talked about that. We're going to skip that. Straight Uh to number nine. Round round nine. Uh, Two iconic movies, and I'm going to change this on the fly. Okay. Is it... um, Well, no, let's do this one. This will be fun. Is it Sharknado or Jaws?
1: Hmm, well, I haven't seen Sharknado. What? Sounds like we need to go to Velvet
2: Taco and watch some Sharknado. Yes. <laughs> yes. That sounds pretty good. Um, so I'm going
1: to have to default to Jaws. Uh, I'm going to have to default to Jaws on that. Yeah. So
2: you're, you're not missing anything. I'll just tell you. I that. had a feeling. Well, it depends if you watch, you know, one, two, three, or four of Sharknado. It depends on... Yeah. Ooh,
1: I didn't realize... Okay. Oh, there's like
2: seven and eight, actually. I think oh, is. God. coming out. Yes. Oh, Lord. Yes. Okay. I know, yeah. <laughs> yeah, all right. We're, we're chainsaws, cut sharks <laughs> yes, in half that exactly. are flying through the air. Oh, yes. sick. Yeah, all right. Yeah. All right.
0: No, the more interesting question for this round, and we'll make that round seven, or no, round eight, since we skipped it. So is it is it Rambo, or is it Rocky?
1: Hmm. I haven't seen either of those. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I didn't watch a lot of movies growing up, so. um. Dude hmm we'll fix that yeah so okay. I, I can't even answer that. i'm sorry i'm sorry guys <laughs> <laughs> it's all good man
0: uh round 10 last round yep all right you like ice cream yeah okay all right who does it who uh is it ben and jerry's or bluebell
1: so i gotta go with bluebell even though they killed a few people a few years ago um they did yeah they had that E. coli or whatever it was out, or not E. coli whatever it was some virus outbreak that actually killed like four people wow yeah and then the very next day people just go back to buying bluebells so Dang. so yeah bluebell because that's what you grow up with here in Texas um, <laughs> I respect Ben and Jerry's but there was another one. I forgot the name of it. Brittany and I just traveled to Vermont for our anniversary. And yeah. they had some like, little local shop that beat both of them. But I, I don't uh, even know the Cold name Stone. of it. So. No, it was it's <laughs> no, 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 It's a little boutique. So, well, little I'll, I'll, I'll go
2: Bluebell all day long because that's, that's a Texas <laughs> yeah. staple. That's right. Well, nice. well, happy anniversary. Oh, thanks. What, yeah. <laughs> what, what year did you guys celebrate?
1: Uh, we were two years on the 14th. Uh, been together for roughly seven, give or take six and a half, seven, something like that. Congratulations. So, but two years married. Yeah, that's thanks. awesome.
3: Very thanks. exciting. That's great.
2: Yeah.
0: All right, well, guys, this was Battle Ready Brands with uh, Evan Stewart. Evan, you're the man. Um, appreciate it, guys. Thank you. Yes, uh, so appreciate your vulnerability, and um, you have a, you have a gift. Uh, I think God's giving you. you some unique insight and, and wisdom uh, that that you have uh, a heightened sense of perception that I'm really impressed with, and it's very valuable. So I appreciate you using that gift to to contribute to to the kingdom
2: and to other people that are listening, and, That's and right. you're helping them grow their brands so for the the, battle
0: ready brands podcast
2: yep and and last question so we talked about your your website where they can follow you where else can people follow you if they want to hear more about evan stewart Mm. or obsessed academy you know i'm super active on social i just started
1: getting that tiktok game so maybe not there but uh everything is at real evan stewart so i'm really active on instagram right now i push a ton of content try and bring a lot of free value and uh, my dms are open so i try to be accessible but it's at real evan stewart and you can just follow me on instagram and uh engage with some content, you know, my hope is that it impacts your life as well. And, that's cool. um, you know, ask a question or two and I'll be available. Yeah. That's great. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks
2: cool. for being here, Evan. Awesome. Thanks, Thanks for having Evan. me guys. Right. Appreciate
3: it. Thanks guys. Yep. Until next Boom. time. Boom.
2: Yeah. All right. Yeah.
3: Yeah.